The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us today. I'm very glad that you're listening. I love getting your comments on the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page. Thank you so much for liking our Facebook page, and thanks for posting and letting me know what's happening for you in your spirituality and recovery walk. And I want to thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. It is great to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery and spirituality right here on unityonlineradio.org. And thank you for letting me know that what we're doing here is touching your heart, that our guests are making a real difference for you. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable and innovative, people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people and sometimes all of the above and my guests are always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live on your uh smart device via your computer. Um, You can go to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. You can also listen on demand by going to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery. And we've got lots of great um, archives on there, lots of great topics and great guests that you can um, listen to at your own leisure and find out wonderful information. 
I want you to know also that if you like what's happening on Spirit of Recovery and if you also are liking, enjoying the other great programs on unityonlineradio.org and if you would like to financially support this nonprofit radio station, you can do that. You can text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone and make either a one-time or a recurring contribution. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're the family member or friend of someone that's got the disease of addiction, and uh, perhaps as a family member or friend, you are also in your own recovery, because family members and friends also have recovery processes and recovery programs that uh, they can participate in, or Perhaps you're just somebody that's curious about recovery, curious about addiction and how that works and what how that's related to spirituality. We're glad you're here. Whoever you are, I'm very glad that you're listening and I'm glad that you are a part of what's happening here on Spirit of Recovery. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and also an addictions counselor, and I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And uh, 35 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And ever since then, my walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles. And that keeps transforming my life. It keeps me growing in ever deeper ways. And uh, so I am just grateful and delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to hear what's happening for you in your spirituality in your recovery walk. So uh, very glad that you're joining us, us today here on Spirit of Recovery. Today we've got a very interesting program. It's a, it's a unique uh, program that's uh, happening here in Austin, Texas, where I live and work. And I uh, just learned about this recently and, and fascinated and, and requested uh, to have a guest on here to talk about this. And I, I know you're going to be interested and learn a lot because I sure am. And uh, our topic today is Music to Our Ears, Life-Saving Mental Health Services for the Music Industry. Musicians uh, deal with intensified stress. They are constantly exposed to public evaluation. They have extended time away from their families. They often have non-stable income, and they have a constant pressure um, to be creatively excellent. And so um, in 1995, when a young musician here in Austin lost his battle with depression, his father and some friends who were grieving decided to do something that would make a difference, uh, that would honor him and his life and music and also make a difference for other musicians here in the Austin area. So his father and friends uh, galvanized Austin's close-knit music community and created a unique organization that specifically offers mental health services, including addiction recovery services, to local musician, musicians. This is uh, The name of this foundation is the Sims Foundation, S-I-M-S, and it continues to provide affordable life-saving services to musicians and their families when they need them the most. And my guest today to talk with us about Sims and their uh, wonderful, unique mission and vision and how they uh, do this work with musicians is Jennifer Voselka. And Jennifer is the Assistant Clinical Director of Sims. She is uh, also a person who is in long-term sobriety and long-term recovery. 
Professionally, her credentials are licensed professional counselor and also licensed chemical dependency counselor. She's lived in Austin for 16 years. Uh, She has an undergraduate degree in mass communication with an emphasis in broadcasting and worked in radio for six years doing promotions and marketing. She also worked for the Grammy Awards for two years as a project manager, manager, and then she decided to go back to school, get her master's degree, and to work on this side of the music industry. Um, she's going to be sharing with us about how the Sims organization works and how it is supported by a broad cross-section of the Austin community, which, as we all well know, is the live music capital of the world. And you can learn uh, yourself. You can go on the Sims website and learn more about them, and it's www.simssimsfoundation.org. So, Jennifer Voselka, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Thank you so very much, Anna. I I'm, I'm feel honored to be here today. Thank you. Well, we're glad you're here. And again, I'm so delighted to learn about Sims. I think it's a fantastic idea. Tell us a little bit about how Sims got started and uh, what happened and how, how it got going. So the Sims Foundation is a 20-year-old nonprofit organization here in Austin that has served musicians and their family members with affordable access to mental health services. Um, One of the reasons, it was always very important to the founders that we served the families of musicians. Like you mentioned earlier, mental health affects the whole family, mm-hmm. and um, we we see that as well. And so we support the musicians, their partners, and dependent children with access to our services. We have uh, counseling, um, and that ranges from individuals, couples, families. We do band counseling. Um, psychiatry services, medication management, initial psychiatric evaluations, as well as addiction recovery services, which span from you know, detox, residential treatment, intensive outpatient programs, and sober living programs. Mm-hmm. So a really broad array of, of mental health services. Yes, we take a very individual approach to treating each person. Um, When somebody calls to reach out for help from us, um, a licensed clinician will do a phone assessment with them um, to really see where they're at and what services are going to be most appropriate. We have a network of providers um, in the Austin area that have been screened and, you know, cleared by SIMS, and um, we know our providers very well, and we're able to make one-to-one connections from the client to the provider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really, really important. So do y'all do direct service yourselves at SIMS, or are you, are you always making the uh, connection to to a community provider? We make connections to community providers. We do offer, uh, we, we're not a crisis 
intervention um, because we don't, we're not 24 hours or anything like that. But of course, we do get those calls on occasion, and that's why we have licensed clinicians here on staff. So we can offer short-term counseling therapy. Uh, we do do face-to-face counseling um, on occasion here in the office, and we do a tremendous amount of case management. Right. Yeah. Well, related to that, tell us why it matters to have a service like this for musicians. Um, and again, I think this is pretty unique. We can talk about that later, but what's the... What's the deal? Why why target this for musicians and their families? So musicians, as you were mentioning earlier, have a very different lifestyle than most professionals. Their workday usually starts when the sun's gone down. Um, their work environment is typically in a bar, um, and their payment has often been in bar tabs or, um, you know, people bringing them drinks on stage and um, shots and things like that. So it's a very different work environment than most professionals are used to. Also, when a musician is creating, what they're putting out there is themselves. Um, So many other professions there's such a separation between your job and your identity. But with a musician and an artist in general, their work is is a complete extension of them. And so they're really putting themselves out there on a daily basis for acceptance and critique. Um, and it that all t- starts to take a real toll on um, somebody emotionally. So it's important that there is an organization or a place where a musician can reach out for help that's going to understand those differences, the, you know, days on the road, time away from the family, the erratic work schedule, um, Unless you're, you know, a nationally touring artist, um, you may not know when your next gig is going to be, and therefore you don't know when your next paycheck is going to be. Um, so it is. It's just. It's quite different than somebody who has a nine to five, a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. What was the, I, I saw a little bit, you know, on your, on your website about how Sims got started. Could you talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about that and, and more about sort of the Austin? Austin also has a wonderful and unique, as I am learning, uh, music community. I've been in this Austin area about two years, so I'm still learning a lot about the area, but, but it is a close-knit community. Mm-hmm. So how did, how did Sims get started here? Sure. So, um, Sims was a um, bass player in a very well-known band, uh, Pariah, and he and his band um, were very popular um, in the area in the late 80s and early 90s, and Sims had suffered from depression. Um, He had had appointments with therapists, but they weren't the right fit, like what I was talking about earlier, they didn't quite get the uh, musician lifestyle. And unfortunately, um, his depression, you know, 
got the best of him, and um, it ended tragically. His family and friends came together and said, you know, we need to do something about this. There had been a few other musician deaths around that same time, and there had was a call to action made in um, the Austin American Statesman about doing something to rectify the situation. And that is what started the Sims Foundation. It was about giving musicians access to affordable mental health services. Um, 20 years ago, we didn't have the Affordable Care Act, and we didn't have access to affordable mental health services. Paying to see a therapist out of pocket can be upwards of $125 an hour. And in Austin, most musicians are not making the kind of money to be able to afford that. So the Sims Foundation serves um, low-income so um, clients who earn under 30000 a year um, for a single-family household, low-income um, musicians. Uh, this year, we made the expansion of that criteria to music industry. So we now serve lighting, sound guys, um, booking agents, um, music teachers, um, tour managers, et cetera. So we've really expanded to the whole music industry and being able to serve a much greater population. Do you think that the Austin community is unique like um, in, in creating Sims or do other communities have this or not? How- Absolutely. Um, to my knowledge, Austin is the only community that has an organization like the Sims Foundation, um, and it takes a real community buy-in for an organization like this to get started. There have to be therapists and psychiatrists and community partners who will work for the artists. Um, as a nonprofit, we do pay all of our providers, but they donate their services at a highly reduced price. So this is their way of giving back to the community, which has given so much to them over the years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How are you funded? We have funding through um, different grants, Um, the St. David's Foundation, Central Health are two of our largest grant funders. We have private donations. There is the KGSR um, broadcast CD, which has been a fundraiser for us for many, many years. Um, We do fundraising events and with each with with each service we provide, the clients do have a small copay because it's very important for um, people to feel invested in their treatment. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, it's wonderful. It, um, you know that this is happening because, as you say, a lot of times uh, musicians are not making a big income and and they're giving so much to the community through their own creativity and the ways that it touches all of our hearts and minds and mm-hmm. opens us up to ideas and and so forth. So when um musicians do come to seek these services, what are some of the 
presenting issues. You talked about the stress, and and you talked about how when the young musician Sims, um, when his depression got the best of him, that he wasn't really able to find sounds like help that that worked for him that mm-hmm. really spoke to him. So, what are some of the the approaches, or what's the what's what does a clinician need to know or have or approach to help a musician? So when people, when musicians or music industry um, clients come to us for help, the biggest um, issues that they're presenting are depression, anxiety, relationship stresses. Um, It can even be performance anxiety, such as stage fright, um, Anger, those are, those are usually the biggest, of course, addiction is part of that as well, are the um, largest issues that people present with. And it's so important that a therapist understands that mu- the music industry clients typically have multiple jobs. They, um, you know, their hours of work are, like I mentioned earlier, you know, after the sun goes down, what they're doing is what, you know, going out in entertainment for so many other people, but that's, that's work for them. And so somebody working with this special clientele has to be able to understand that, um, I call it a soul tug that they have that has brought them into this field of creativity. It's not something that can be ignored. And, um, you know, if somebody were to say, well, you know, you could maybe have better financial success if you just got a different job or if you got a day job or, you know, did something else, and that's soul-crushing. That is, that's not going to be helpful. Um, that's not going to be helpful intervention with um, this population. And so really being able to meet the client where they are, um, you know, most of our clients are not at a loss for words when it comes to their feelings. They're very expressive and they are quite in touch with their feelings. And so it's important that the people that are in our network want to be in our network. We have a wait list of, I think, over 30 um, providers who want to join our network because they love working with this creative population. And we don't let just anybody in. We really do screen and meet with people to make sure they're going to be the right fit, that we're covering the different evidence-based modalities um, and that we have we really do make that one-to-one connection. So we are sure to fit people properly with a provider that's going to be able to give them what they're looking for. Wonderful. It's time for our break. And um, thank you so much, Jennifer, for what you're sharing with us. It's really given us a lot of insight into this um, unique situation of musicians that are uh, 
seeking mental health services and addiction recovery services and what's happening here in Austin to really meet that need. Listeners, stay with us. Our topic today is Music to Our Ears, Life-Saving Mental Health Services for the Music Industry. And my guest is Jennifer Voselka, who is the Assistant Clinical Director at Sims Foundation in Austin, Texas. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus and I'm your host. And our topic today is Music to Our Ears, Life-Saving Mental Health Services for the Music Industry. And my guest is Jennifer Voselka. She's the Assistant Clinical Director of the Sims Foundation in Austin, Texas. The Sims Foundation is an organization that provides um, low-cost mental health services for the music industry. It's a unique organization. It's a wonderful um, ex- thing that needs to be happening, I think, in a lot of places because musicians uh, face unique stresses and uh, part of that stress can be not a lot of income. And so it's a wonderful uh, way to provide services to them, recovery, addiction recovery services and other mental health services. Jennifer herself is uh, a licensed professional counselor and a licensed chemical dependency counselor. And uh, she has worked herself in the mass communication industry and broadcasting. She worked for the Grammys program for two years as a project manager. And then she'll be telling us uh, in a little bit what got her to go back to school, get her master's, and start working on this side of the music industry. You can learn more about the Sims Foundation by going to their website, www.sims, that's S-I-M-S, foundation.org. Before I get back to my conversation with Jennifer, I would like to invite you to join me in the Serenity Minute, a moment to relax, to let go, and let yourself make that conscious 
contact with your higher power as you understand it. So I invite you to relax, to feel that peaceful presence of your higher power. Allow yourself to feel relaxation, moving your attention lovingly throughout your body temple, letting go and letting relaxation and peace fill your mind, your body, your heart. And share with me this constructive idea. I always am enough and I have enough. My higher power opens the doors to all the help I need. I am enough. I always have enough. And my higher power opens the doors to all the help I need. And we take just a moment in the quiet. trust that that was an opportunity for you to relax, to let go, and make that conscious contact with your higher power. So now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Jennifer Voselka, and we're talking about music to our ears, life-saving mental health services for the music industry, and learning about the Sims Foundation here in Austin, Texas, that does provide those mental health services for the music industry here in Austin. So, Jennifer, how did you get involved? How did you move all the way from working in broadcasting, working for the Grammys, to getting involved in um, becoming a licensed counselor, a licensed chemical dependency professional, and working with musicians at Sims? Well, thank you so much for um, having me today again. And um, yeah, so my um, my story is that I. Um, as was mentioned earlier, I am a person in, I'm sober, and I'm a person in long-term recovery. Um, wasn't always. And um, I was um, very much enjoying the um, lifestyle of going out and hanging hanging out and promoting music. Music's always been a very big part of my life. I not a musician, um, but music is always there. I mean, it's tied to so many great memories. And ever since I was a child, I knew I wanted to work somehow in the music industry. Um, And so I did. And um, during that time, really also helped me um, hit a bottom, um, you know, emotionally and spiritually, um, because, well, as an addict, um, you know, I had a spiritual disconnect. And um, after taking some time off and doing some work and some healing and getting into recovery, I um, continued to stay in the same profession that I had been in, which was working in radio. Um, and I continued to do that for another three years. Um, 
and I then went to work for the Grammys, which is a nonprofit as well, um, and did more professional development events. And it was, you know, a little bit different than the type of work that I had done when I worked in radio doing promotions and marketing. Um, and there was just this continued pull on my heartstrings that I tried so hard to ignore, um, telling me that I think there's something different that you're supposed to be doing. And I, you know, everything kept pointing me towards going back to school, getting my master's in counseling, and I had no idea what that was going to look like. Um, so I took it, you know, one step at a time. I did the application. I was like, okay, I don't really have to make any big decisions at this point. And then I actually got accepted and I was like, okay, now is, you know, decision making time. And I, you know, changed a lot of things. I um, quit my job and went back to school full time and got my master's in counseling, um, because I'm fortunate enough to live in Austin where the Sims Foundation exists, it was, you know, also I think just a complete, you know, God, higher power universe thing that um, I was able to continue working with musicians and creative people in the music industry while doing mental health and providing service um, to the community. So that's, I don't know if that's the short or the long version of uh, what brought me here, but um, I've been with the Sims Foundation now for a little over five years and um, just love every moment of being able to help the community in the way that we get to here. Mm-hmm. What is it that you love about uh Working with musicians from the recovery point of view, uh, what is it that really touches your heart about it? It is, so, so much of what we do is um, telephonic. And because it's Austin and it's a small community, you know, and being a part of, you know, a music lover, um, going out to shows and, you know, knowing these voices on the other side of the phone, um, that change that happens, that desperation and that feeling of hopelessness when somebody calls that first time and then after, you know, some treatment, whether it's, you know, a detox or residential program or counseling services, being able to hear the lights coming back on for them and hearing the smile that creeps across their face when they start talking about how much better their life is, that is, that's that moment. That's that rewarding. I mean, you can, you can hear it, you can feel it, and it is, um, it's just the best knowing that I got to have a small part in helping manifest that for somebody and getting them in the right direction. And, um, I mean, they're doing the hard work, but I get to, you know, open some doors for them to walk through. And it's just, it's such a blessing to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. 
What happens, I know that uh, with the, the family therapy, I know that, uh, and you mentioned this in the beginning, that it was really important from the get-go in Sims that family issues are addressed and that that even includes people's bands. So Absolutely. tell us about that. How does that work? So um, we've had on multiple occasions um, band members call with concern for one of their bandmates. Um, whether it's, you know, a drinking or drug issue or bands, a band member calling and telling us that their band is on the verge of breaking up because, you know, there's all of a sudden personality conflicts have arisen. Um, and a band really does become like a family system. And most bands don't want to break up, but they may not have the communication skills to navigate through the hard times. A lot of them started off as friends that put the band together. Some are strictly business partners, um, but over time, those family systems infiltrate the band. And um, it's been amazing the work that's come out of the band therapy that we are able to connect people with and be able to provide that um, has helped bands stay together and um, continue to have their livelihood. Um, We've had, you know, the bands that I mentioned a moment ago, bands call about a particular bandmate that they're concerned about. And um, when that bandmate reaches out, being able to let them know how much support they have from their band family is so important. And if one member of a band is getting sober, for example, and the rest of the band either is um, what we call a normie um, or isn't sober, um, there's an opportunity for them to come together as a group and talk about how some things may need to be different for a while or some of the changes that the newly sober person is experiencing just so that everyone can be on the same page and have a common language. Mm-hmm. So as you're saying, it does sound a lot like what happens in a family when they're dealing with one of the members' addictions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do y'all ever do uh, or or connect people with uh, bands with uh, interventionists to do an intervention with someone that uh, might have an addiction in the band? Um, interventions is not something that we have that it's like a covered a covered um, treatment that we do, um, but we certainly have interventionists and no interventionists in the communities that we can reach out to. Um, it's just not a um, it's not a covered service that SIM sponsors at this time, but we definitely have the resources to connect somebody if that's what they're if that's what they're needing or looking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. What are some of the things that happen, and, and you may or may not use these terms with clients, I don't know, but um, certainly recovery uh, is a spiritual process. And again, we can define spirituality in a very broad mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. But So mm-hmm. what do you see, how do you navigate that with uh, the people that you see, or what, or what do you see happening for them spiritually, or cre- obviously creativity and spirituality are so related. Um, how do you, how does that work for the people that you uh, work with there? So 
many people come to us with some sort of spiritual practice already. Um, and I remember that surprised me a lot when I first started um, working here. Um, but they already, like you were saying, because creativity and spirituality are so connected, they have they have a identified higher power. They may not even realize that that's really what it is. But the more I talk to them, you know, I can I I can see that that's what's going on. Um, we do um, work with people where they're at, so um, that includes, you know, a harm reduction model for some people. That includes twelve step um, for others. Um, we talk about different meditation groups that are in town. They might be able to connect with. Um, we talk about the importance of good exercise and diet. Um, all that is so interwoven. Um, just taking time to step outside, take off your shoes, and feel the earth beneath your feet. That's something that I've had to do with clients on the phone when they've called um, in a highly agitated our anxious state is we'll, I'll just do some brief meditation with them on the phone. I may not call it that, but that's what I'm doing. And, um, you know, it always, it always works. It always helps bring somebody back to center, even if it's just for that moment so we can get to the next place that they need to be. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. It's time for our break. Um, my guest is Jennifer Voselka. We're talking about music to our ears, life-saving mental health services for the music industry, and we're exploring what the Sims Foundation here in Austin, Texas, does to provide low-cost, excellent recovery services and other mental health services to the music community. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on Spirit of Recovery. Kintsugi is an ancient Japanese art form of fusing broken pottery pieces together by filling the cracks with gold. The resulting piece is not only restored and visually stunning, it also takes on a new life. Whatever has happened in the past, however broken we may feel, we can be whole again by filling our lives with the transformative power of God. Our experiences make us unique. The presence of God makes us whole. As Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Remember, with God, all things are possible. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition, perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Take advantage of our 30-day free trial to the online magazine, plus a daily email with the Word for the Day and the Daily Word app. To sign up for a free 30-day trial, visit unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword.
Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and our topic today is Music to Our Ears, Life-Saving Mental Health Services for the Music Industry. And my guest today is Jennifer Voselka. She's the Assistant Director of Sims Foundation, and it's an organization here in Austin, Texas, that works with musicians to provide low-cost, excellent, and effective mental health and addiction recovery services. You can learn more about them if you go to simsfoundation.org. So, Jennifer, um, also I know Sims Foundation has a Facebook page. Tell us about that. We do. Um, it's the Sims Foundation, S-I-M-S Foundation, um, and that's a great place to connect with us. Um, and we would certainly, I would love for everyone listening to like our page. Um, and you can sign up for our newsletter through our website to find out about upcoming events or volunteer opportunities. Um, and I do want to be sure that anyone listening who has a, um, especially um, somebody in the Austin area, but really anywhere, um, we try to be a beacon of resources in general. So even if somebody doesn't qualify for services through us, we really want to be able to get people connected with the people and places that can help them. So... If you know anybody in need, um, our number is 512-494-1007, and help starts with, you know, just a phone call. It's as easy as picking up the phone, even though that phone can seem really heavy. Um, you know, that's that's where the process gets started, and the help is available, and, um you know, one of the sayings that we have here is where there's breath, there is hope. And um, unlike insurance companies or any sort of managed care, um, we don't limit somebody's access to care. You know, as long as somebody is willing and wanting help, you know, I pray that the Sims Foundation will always be here to offer that help. Thank you. You know, because what you're saying is, is so important because it breaks through that isolation when, when a person is struggling with addiction or other mental health issues. That's, that just compounds the problem if they feel isolated or, or they feel mm-hmm. like doors, doors keep getting shut in their face. Mm-hmm. That compounds it. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thanks for yes. what Sims does. Yeah. Thanks for thank sharing. Thank you. Mm hmm. So with that, maybe 
What are some of the, we, we talked already about some of the stresses that musicians face that may be particular to them. What are some of the barriers that people in the music industry might face to getting help? Even, you know, even though, as you just say, it's available, what might prevent them from doing it? I think there's, I think there's still even so much work has been done and we've come a very long way, but there's still a stigma in the, you know, public about, you know, acknowledging mental health issues and acknowledging addiction. And um, so I think there's, there, I don't, I don't know if I want to call it pride or ego, um, but there's definitely still that stigma of, you know, I need to be able to figure this out on my own or, you know, I created this problem. I should be able to solve this problem. And um, I think too often people forget that there's, you know, these are diagnosable issues and chemical imbalances, and um, those aren't things that we can just undo on our own. Um, I think another barrier is um, finances. I think a lot of people still feel that they won't either be able to afford it, or I've actually even heard people say that... um, they think they don't want to, they don't want to use like the quote unquote charity care because they want to save that for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I just, I constantly encourage people to never let finances, whether you think you make too much or you make too little, um, stop you from reaching out for help because again, we will, we will work with you. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Um, Go ahead. The other thing, um, I do think, and I hear it, um, and it makes me sad to hear that um, people are concerned that their creativity is going to change if they, um, you know, start taking psychiatric medication or I can only play when I've been drinking or I can only write when I'm high um, and what is my music going to look like if I'm sober and, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to report that once they do get sober, they're amazed at how much better their music um, becomes and their playing becomes. And, you know, technically they can become, they can become a technically, you know, more advanced performer. Um, and it opens doors that they didn't even realize were there. Um, so it's just taking that first step that can seem so daunting and, um, like you said, isolating. Um, but we, um, we work with our clients every step of the way. And that's something that I think makes the Sims Foundation or another thing that makes the Sims Foundation very unique is that um, when somebody reaches out for help, we don't just connect you and let you go. We stay connected with you throughout your journey. Um, One of the things that I talk about with clients frequently is making sure that they have all the tools they need for recovery, whether that's recovery from depression or anxiety or recovery from substances. 
Um, when I work with clients that are going to treatment, I remind them that treatment is not recovery, but that's just a beginning step. And um, we try, I call it the treatment bubble. And we don't want to deflate the treatment bubble all at once, but slowly deflate it. So we talk about discharge planning and what their aftercare is going to look like and ease them back into the community because it is a different community when you come back to it because you're seeing it through different eyes. And uh, we just really want to make sure that everyone has all the tools they need to succeed. Mm-hmm. Is relapse uh, more of an issue for people in the music industry or not? It's a, We know it's an issue for everyone uh, entering the recovery process, but I don't know. Is it more or not? I don't have I don't have any scientific data on that, so I wouldn't want to speak to it uh, in mm-hmm. any sort of absolutes. Um, but I certainly can say that, like you're saying, it is an issue for people in recovery in general, um, and we definitely see it, of course, with our population. Um, I don't know if it's more or less of an issue. I do think that the environment that they're going back to work in, you know, can be slippery for some people in the beginning. Um, And it's, I think decisions have to be made about how public you want to be about not drinking anymore. If you're a performer who, you know, drinks throughout an entire show and has fans buying you drinks and people bringing drinks to the stage and all of a sudden you're not drinking anymore. You know, those are the types of things that are different with our, with our clients than maybe different with, you know, um, somebody who works in an office during the day. Right. Right. So it's almost like you, the person in recovery really has to make some choices and, Think through the boundaries real carefully. Yeah, we, you know, we have sayings like, um, you know, about changing your playmates and playgrounds, but some playgrounds can't be changed if it's, you know, if it's your work um, or can't be changed right now. And so we just really talk about, you know, how how we're going to handle different situations Um you know, there's some literature that talks about situations that used to baffle us, and uh, it's amazing how those things become non-issues in time. Right. I'm curious, you're, you know, the Sims Foundation obviously is working with professional services and so forth. I'm curious whether or not there is, either in Austin and or in the larger um, world here, uh, like recovery peer peer connections of musicians with musicians that are in recovery. Is there any kind of thing that's established like that? I've heard of a few different organizations. Um, There's nothing um, strongly established like that in Austin. Um, And I'm having a mind blank of what some of the other ones are. There is a national musicians organization, um, which is an um, a part of the Grammy organization called Music Cares, and they're able to connect clients um, 
with some financial assistance. They have um, different partners, recovery partners, treatment centers, and things of the sort across the nation. So if a music professional, you know, outside of the Austin area is looking for help, um, Music Cares would be the next thing, you know, closest to some foundation on a more national level. Mm-hmm. But as far as peer recovery, um, you know, that's something that's a newer, a newer um, term and um, organization and modality um, from when I first started with SIMS and before my journey of recovery. We didn't really have um, peer recovery coaches or anything like that at the when I first started. Um, my recovery, um, but those are things that we look into, and we definitely have clients who are willing to work with people one-on-one and who often say, you know, if you come across somebody who's going through, you know, X, Y, Z, please feel free to connect them, you know, with me um, because I can share my experience, um, strength, and hope around this issue. And so that's been really great. Um, just last night I was at a event for the Sims Foundation and was being introduced by the host. And he took a moment to, you know, before he introduced me to speak about the Sims Foundation that said, you know, without the Sims Foundation, I would not be standing here today. The Sims Foundation saved my life. And um, we hear that so often, that the services that we provide are life-saving services and that people wouldn't be continuing to be able to do their art or continue to be here if they hadn't made that initial phone call, reached out for help. Um, And, you know, like I said, we do everything on such an individual basis. And so there's no cookie-cutter way of helping somebody. We're all individuals and bringing our own experiences to the table. And we really... um, you know, I, I like to think that we cultivate each person's experiences and try to increase them and make them better. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it. Our time is up. Um, Jennifer, thank you so much for what you have shared with us today. I've learned a lot, and I know uh, what you shared has really opened up some minds, some possibilities um, for through the listeners. And I want to thank to the Sims Foundation for what you do, for what you do for musicians for the broader music industry and i hope that you'll inspire people in other communities to do something similar because it's really needed and um i express lots of appreciation to our artists here in austin and all over because they do so much to open up our hearts and get us in touch with our feelings and our lives so Thank you again, Jennifer. Jennifer Voselka is my guest. She's the Assistant Clinical Director at the Sims Foundation, S-I-M-S-F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N.org in Austin, Texas, that serves musicians. So thanks for being my guest. Thank you so very much for having me. And blessings to all of you listeners. We'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. 
This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio, the teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Life calls upon us to be open to new ideas, new creative ways of thinking, and new ways of doing things. All of the positive changes in our world have been the result of open-minded people looking at some aspect of their world in a whole new way. You can have a more exciting life filled with wonder and glory when you keep an open mind about the new and unusual things that come your way and when you take a new look at what you thought were life's ordinary experiences. Just like the turtle who won't get anywhere in life without sticking its neck out a little, we get a lot further in life by sticking our mental neck out a little every day. You can be open to the changes in your world by starting with your own thoughts. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Dendy smith and Meredith Tolleson, we will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.